The first time I saw the Darling River, I wondered if it was even a river at all. It was September 2018, and what should have been a springtime flow was an empty channel of dust and exposed tree roots. All that remained was a dribble of grey-green muck at the bottom. The Murray-Darling is the largest river system in Australia. It spans over a million square kilometres, with dozens of rivers that originate from southern Queensland to northern Victoria, and all meander to the Murray Mouth, just east of Adelaide. And as I stared down at a stagnant pool in a drying riverbed, it was clear to me this complex river system is struggling to survive. Greed and corruption is destroying this river system. There is, without a doubt, money involved. I think it is criminal, and I think we've seen a lot of criminal things going on when it comes to water. We need to know what's gone on here. I'm Megan Williams. Come with me as we wade through murky waters, where corruption and crooked dealings have strangled the Murray Darling and left it for dead. The influence that the cotton industry has had on water policy is toxic. Yes, it might be legal to take that water, but is it morally right? For over 60,000 years, the Murray-Darling River system has been the lifeblood for 40 Aboriginal nations. These days, its agricultural production is valued at $24 billion a year and tourism a further $8 billion. It supplies 3 million people their drinking water and supports migratory birds that fly across the planet and endangered fish found nowhere else in the world. Whichever way you look at it, there's a lot riding on the fate of the Murray-Darling. And for many, it's a matter of life or death. I believe it's a part of genocide, what's happening in our communities. We all got to stand together as one and say no more. Interstate squabbles over water rights in the Murray-Darling Basin date back before Federation. It was 1946 when flow rates were first recorded at a little spot called Batundi, a 45-minute drive upstream from Wentworth, where the Darling River meets the Murray. Until the year 2000, the Lower Darling had ceased to flow only twice, in more than half a century. But since then, the Darling River has come to a complete standstill in 10 of the last 20 years. And from 2015, there's been over 900 days without a single drop running out the bottom. An environmental disaster playing out in slow motion. 
Locals along the Menindee Lakes near Broken Hill fear the health of the river system is in crisis. Up to a million fish, including many native species, are dead and decaying in the Lower Darling River due to toxic blue-green algae. It was Tuesday the 8th of January, 2019. My name is Dick Arnold. I'm here with Rob McBride. Apocalyptic scenes of a mass fish kill went viral on social media. Look at these iconic fish of Australia being treated like this. You just have to be bloody disgusted with yourself. Kate McBride from Tolano Station was one of the first on the scene. So it just started like any other day, you know, started January, so it was stinking hot, and all of a sudden we get a call from a mate saying, there's all these fish that have died up at Menindee. She filmed the viral video of two grown men that cradled dying Murray Cod in their arms. The scenes she saw were truly shocking. What we witnessed was just beyond our wildest imaginations. It was horrific. You're driving around Kinchiga National Park and going around the bend and you just see the Darling River, or what used to be the Darling River, just blanketed in dead fish. And I guess what I remember most from that day is just the smell of just rotting animals. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and the complete devastation. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to stick with me for the rest of my life, that's for sure, I know that. Makes me feel like crying again. There were three mass fish kills on the Lower Darling over the 2018-2019 summer. The drought leading up to it was severe, but not unprecedented. So what were all those fish doing there, with the blue-green algae laying in wait? The reason that these fish were up there at Menindee is because these native fish know that when the river is low or drying up, that the Menindee Lakes can really act as a refuge during times of hardship or times of drought. These fish were heading up to Menindee Lakes because they use it as a bit of a refuge during these dry times. But because of government decisions, all the water had been let go of the lakes and the water wasn't there for them to find a refuge in. Man-made disaster. And then all of a sudden they were stuck in these stagnant pools, blue-green algae got going and all of a sudden they were dead. Brought to you by the New South Look. Wales Government, the Federal Government and the Murray-Darling Basin Authority. In the days leading up to the fish kill, the mercury dropped to 16 degrees Celsius after a full week with temperatures topping 45 degrees in the shade. So in the closest town of Menindee, while locals shivered leaving the pub on last drinks, down at the river, this cold snap was causing the blue-green algae to die and consume all the oxygen available in the stagnant weir pool. Life in the river suffocated en masse. For Barkindji elder Badger Bates, an event like this was once unthinkable. Blue-green algae, we, we didn't know what that was. It wasn't around when I was a kid, you know? It just wasn't there, and why I say this, because nobody talked about it. We used to get uh, cod, perch, black brim, catfish, and then there are some other little small ones. There was other little things that we don't see now. It was like a, we used to call them charlies. But this is a funny little beetle, and it walked on the water, and it was like a spider, water spider sort of thing. And that'd be big masses, and sometimes you'd just see the water, just black with all these spider things. But then that was part of the food chain too, because the fish in that ate them. 
but you don't see that anymore. A report by the Australian Academy of Sciences pointed the finger at excessive upstream irrigation and lack of water in the Menindee Lakes as the underlying cause of the mass fish kills. So what's happened in recent history that's brought this once mighty river to its knees? Um, At the very overarching principle level, everyone forgot about the river for the last 40 or 50 years. There's a never-ending list of reports. Well, there's two fish reports. Inquiries. Ken Matthews, Productivity Commission. Investigations. John Kennery's review. It's the ACCC. And allegations of foul play. There's the Royal Commission. Into water management. Um, We've just had a review into a first flush thing. That's off the top of my head. How am I going? Alan White's a pretty clued-in character when it comes to water. I probably pass as a, as a water junkie, for want of a better description. Um, and maybe it's genetic, because I think, I think my father probably falls in the same category and probably my grandfather as well. His family has grown citrus on the Darling River north of Wentworth since the 1930s. Their involvement in government consultations can shed light on just how long people have raised the alarm on the Darling River. The original issuing of the water licences up north was uh, was excessive, particularly expectations of how much water could be taken out of a system. But at the time, that was that was you know, conventional best wisdom. Um, my uh, father disagreed with that, and a lot of people down here disagreed with it. And in the second half of the 70s and the early 80s, there were a lot of objections put in to the issuing of those water licences up north. Those objections were based on on water quality and river management grounds. Where are we now? We've got huge water quality issues and the river management's um, up the creek, so to speak. There's still so much finger-pointing going on as to why the Menindee Lakes were dry. That's Kate McBride again. You know, the different governments pointed the finger at each other and each of them pointed the finger at the Murray-Darling Basin Authority and no one stood up and said, yeah, we stuffed up, we're going to learn from this. We had both the federal government and New South Wales governments trying to normalise millions of fish dying to make it seem like, no, it's not us doing a bad job. We saw over a million fish die. If you saw a pile of a million koalas, it would, it would be the end of the world sort of thing. It, it, we would make real changes. But because they're just fish, and because the government got real quick on the cleanup, it just gets swept under the rug. And that's the scary thing is that, you know, are we going to have the same issue next summer? Um, that we haven't seen that real, the core changes within the policies and things to make sure that we never see this issue happening again and that's, that scares me. Authorities warn that floods and long dry spells may lead to another summer of fish kills. Without long-term changes to the way water is controlled in this country, a million dead fish is only the beginning.